Hello. How y'all doing? Are you glad to be in church or are you glad to be in church, man? Good night. Woo. Uh, well, hey, if, if this is your first time or maybe um, this is your first time in a while, we've been in a series called Wait. Can you say wait? And, and honestly, we were on a trajectory to do a completely different series. Um, but we really felt like the Lord just kind of interrupted that. Uh, I remember I was in my front room just sitting and hanging out with God. And uh, any of y'all ever have God just kind of give you a vision? Yeah. Um, this was a weird vision because this was a vision of me being blind. And I was like, well, that's strange, you know. Um, but I could see that I couldn't see, you know. And I was at a crosswalk, and that's what I heard. The, dude, 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 wait, wait, wait. And what I saw, so it wasn't like I was seeing first person, I was seeing third person. So I saw myself at this crosswalk, and I knew that that weight was beneficial. That weight was protecting me from the traffic. That weight was preserving me and taking care of me. In other words, waiting can be a wonderful thing. And in the series, we've been talking about how We want to wait with God. Can you say with God? For his protection. Can you say protection? And his provision. Can you say provision? That means that God is going to watch out for you. He knows the timing of the things that he's calling us into. Any of y'all ever jumped the gun on God before? Okay, some of y'all are liars. I'm going to call it like it is, man. I jumped the gun in more ways than one. I've jumped the gun, you know. Um, and, and listen, God's so faithful and he's so good. So if you jump the gun, how many of y'all know he can still work all things together for good? Come on, I need a bigger amen on that. Because we make all sorts of mistakes. And if this life is designed around how good I am, I'm, it's over. You know what I mean? At least for this guy, it's over. But God can do tremendous things. So long as wherever we are, I don't know what got you here this morning. I don't know what your life has looked like up until this moment. But I'm here to tell you that today you can enter into a refreshed perspective and expectation of how he wants to work in your life. No matter what's behind you, you can move forward confidently that he loves you. He wants the best for you. He wants to guide you. And he's going to walk with you moving forward into whatever comes next. Stop analyzing the broken pieces. He's got something better. We got to let that stuff go. So, this morning, we're going to be talking about sex. And I know it's a touchy subject. It's a touchy. Anybody? Ha ha ha! I tell you what, man. I'm a dad. I'm allowed. I'm allowed to make the dad jokes. Um, hey, listen though. Honestly, I feel like laughter is good for us. Did you know that? Um, I have purposed this week to not take this message too seriously, because sometimes we take certain categories and we make them like the big thing. You know, and just for me, honestly, like, like it would be a trap for me to come before you today and try to teach you all there is 
to teach on sex in one sermon. I need to make sure that I'm really watching out. I don't want to trigger anybody. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just telling you, like, first of all, my heart, I've got nothing but love for you. I mean that. I've got nothing but love for you. So whatever you're thinking, if you think I'm up here to control you or manipulate you, that's weird. I have no reason to do that. I don't want that kind of pressure. But what I do know is if I dance around your triggers, we don't grow. Now listen, I'm here to, I'm, here's the thing about the church. We need to be able to support each other in a way that we're not walking around going, I'm going to upset you today. Ha! And then just leave people out there to deal with it on their own. We need to be there on the other side of that to support them and love each other through these things. But I'm just saying, if we walk in fear about what to say, do we ever really even say anything that matters? You know what I'm saying? So I just need you to hear right off the bat. First of all, when it comes to sex and when it comes to waiting, I was a royal screw-up. Okay, so I'm not up here today to tell you, hi, my name's Stephen, and I know the perfect 10 steps to abstinence because I did it perfect. I didn't, okay? I'm not up here saying I'm better than anybody, that I got it all figured out, and that you should, you should have done. What I'm saying is God has given us a wonderful gift. Can you say a gift? Yes. And that like all things that he gives, I mean, no, he's creator. He's designer. He knows how this stuff is supposed to operate. He knows the best version. He knows not only what is good, but when it's good and how it's good. So I want to talk about those things when it comes to sex this morning. Are you all with me? So we might use some words. Can you say words? Okay, how many? You got body parts. Yeah, um, this is a finger. Have you ever been upset when I've said the word finger? Okay, then don't get mad if I say penis. It's a body part. God gave it to you, okay? He gave you that penis, man. He gave you that vagina, woman, you know? But, but, but I, what I see is, is that even within the church, we get so afraid. It's like... Our silence about particular things has been a part of making them perceived as dirty. Sex is not dirty. There's been a lot of perversions, but it's not dirty. It's a wonderful gift. It's an awesome way that we can minister here in this earth with a particular person in a particular season. Amen? You didn't come to Love Church this morning to hear anything else. Love a particular person in a particular time and in a particular way. Psalm 25, 4 through 5, says this, Make me know your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Can you all say your paths? Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. And let's read this together. For you I wait all the day. For you I wait all the day. What 
What does it mean to wait for God when it comes to sex? What does it mean to wait for him? Again, I think it means letting him teach us. But, but again, I don't know how much of how much I've seen in the church of, of people purposing to learn from God about sex. Do you know what I mean? Um, it's, a big, it's, it's a big thing, right? Like sex is a, is a wonderful big thing. And, and it's something that we ought to purpose to learn about from the Lord, just like we would anything else. And so I'm just going to do my best here this morning to dive into those things and to talk about how, this, how it was designed by God and is a wonderful, beautiful, powerful thing meant to be used in a good way. We're also going to talk about some of the perversions, some of the traps, and that's not for the sake of condemning or shaming there's, there's no part of me that wants to do that here this morning. But how many of y'all know, if we recognize that we're in a trap, we can go, oh, yeah, I've been set free. Hello, the door's open, man. I'm telling you, whatever cage you find yourself in, Jesus already died on that cross, and that door is wide open. So you can step out today. Amen? So talking about shame, uh, there's, there can be a lot of shame around sexual things. And I'm talking from firsthand experience. Uh, lots of weird stuff happened when I was growing up as a kid. Um, just sexually strange things. Um, and don't read into that. It wasn't like my immediate family, so don't start trying to find out who did what to Stephen. You know what I mean? Um, but just a lot of sexual weirdness, you know? And I remember um, my mom, actually, she, she came up to me one day. And I must have been in a funk. How many of you know? You know when your kids are in a funk, you know? And my mom, um, she asked me, she just said, Stephen, what's wrong? And, and I remember I ran and I hid. We had like one of those air hockey tables. 90s kids know what I'm talking about. Everybody had an air hockey table. Like, there was a season of air hockey tables. I don't know what happened. It was just like, this is the thing now, air hockey, you know? Um, but I remember I went in the basement that's where the air hockey table was, and I just crouched underneath it, and I couldn't stop crying. And my mom, she was doing her best. She was just like, Stephen, what's the matter? And I couldn't even get it out because of how ashamed I was. And, and, and honestly, I don't think I was responsible for it. It wasn't even something I did. But I carried so much shame. And I want to tell you, even if it was something that you did, God's heart is not that you hide and cower in shame for the rest of your life. Or that you carry that baggage into your marriage. I'm not here this morning just to say, those of you who are not married, wait. I'm here to tell married couples, wait for God's guidance, His ways. And I'm not saying you have to be like, is it time, Lord? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying He has a, a purpose and also, we should wait for our spouse, whether we're in marriage or outside of it. Sometimes we give ourselves over to many things. We've been called to give ourselves in that way to our spouse. Amen? Amen. So let's start off here. I want to show you where shame came in and the first way uh, you see it in the Bible. Genesis 1.28. This is just the first part. 
Any bold words that I have up here this morning, if you would please read those with me. It says, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Hey, how are we fruitful and multiply? Anybody want to take a guess? What action do we do? Sex. sex. Yes, we have sex to be fruitful and to multiply. And, and I like that it says, God blessed them. Sex is a blessing. Hey, listen, I want to tell you, I'm going to push you even further. If anybody's uncomfortable this morning, I love you. What is a clitoris for? It is like the sole purpose of the clitoris. This little, it's just a little pleasure button on a woman. And the only purpose it has is pleasure. You don't need it to reproduce. It was popped on ladies because God loves you and he loves you feeling good and there's nothing wrong with that and if this offends you I, I mean take it up with the Lord he put it on you I didn't put that thing on your body but I'm just saying we shouldn't dance around this stuff. It's like, and if, if we don't talk about this stuff in the church, I was thinking about this. I was like, man, how's True going to know? Because like in school, I remember back in public school, and who knows what they're teaching in public school now. But back when I was in public school, you know, they taught me the biology, but they kind of left me there. And I think we watched some like really bad, really old VHS movies, you know, that were like, and this is Hanuma. And I'm like, ah, you know. But I was just thinking, I was like, man, <laughs> I, I think I'm going to teach my son what these things are for and the holy way of utilizing them and of walking this stuff out. Because how many of y'all know that the world, you don't have to look far to get educated on sex. You know what I'm saying? It's all over the place, man. And I just want to tell you that most information sources are not beneficial. They're really not. And I don't want my son to feel like he has to go watch porn to find out about sex. To find out how to please a woman. It's, that's going to be on me. To, and I'm not going to be like, but I'm going to teach him. Son, there's a pleasure button on a woman. And it's great. You know what I'm saying? Guys, like we should talk to our kids about this stuff. And, and, and you hear God and you, you are equipped to teach your child. Did you know that? It's not my job to teach your kids about everything. I mean, I'll be a part. But, but we need to be leaders in our children's lives. And we need to teach them and encourage them in godliness and holiness. And so I just want to encourage you, let's not dance around this stuff because it's awkward. Let me tell you, it can, I'm sitting up here, I'm standing up here in front of however many of you there are. It's a little awkward. There's a lot of faces being made at me right now. I'm not scared of you, but like also it's like some people are like, yes, preach it. And some people are like, <laughs> you know, and like, I'm just saying like, with your kids, I, I understand, but also kids ask and talk in just the funniest, they don't complicate stuff like we do, man, you know? And so, like, I just want to say, don't let your own fears or hesitations or stained perspectives 
bleed into the way that we raise up the next generation. Okay? Because it's easier than ever to get a lesson somewhere. And I, want, I just want to know that I've done my best to train my child in the way they should go. You know? And also so that he can be bomb at ministering to his wife someday. You know what I'm saying? Come on, man. So God blessed them, said, be fruitful and multiply. Then in Genesis 2, 25. And the man and his wife were both naked. Can you say naked? naked. But they were not ashamed. And then that show, there's a show called Naked and Afraid. You know? It's like the opposite of that. You know? They were out there. They were butt naked. And they weren't hiding. They weren't hiding from each other. And they weren't hiding from God. Um, then you turn to Genesis 3. And does anybody know what happens in Genesis 3? The fall happens in Genesis 3. Um, humanity believes a lie of Satan, um, bites the bait, and the world falls. We hand over our authority, our God-given authority, we hand that over to the enemy. And what happens? Well, this is, this is immediately after they've made the decision to eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Says this, now they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden of the cool, in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. The first thing that happens is they hide from the presence of the Lord. I feel like in a lot of our marriages, we're still hiding. A lot of us have a do not disturb tag hanging on our bedroom doors because we think this is just some dirty little thing we get to do when we get married, but God doesn't want to have anything to do with it. Again, God designed it. Can you say he designed it? He's not ashamed of it. He's not grossed out by it. And how many of you know the leading of the Holy Spirit is a beautiful thing? He's not going to be like, well... Don't want to lead you there. Real talk. He wants to lead us in all areas of our life. I think our sex could get a whole lot better if we let the Holy Spirit inspire it. I got a for sure and a that's right and then a bunch of... <laughs> now listen, I'm not saying things have to be bad to get better. So wherever you're at, maybe, maybe, maybe sex is awkward. Maybe sex is um, currently not a pleasurable thing. Listen, I'm here today to tell you that things can get better for our marriages. And I want to tell those who maybe aren't married, it can be a great thing and it's worth waiting for. It's worth waiting for. Again, I'm not here to condemn I'm here to say, from experience, I can tell you the grass is not greener. Honestly, I look at all of the um, sexual stuff that I did, that I participated in, all the porn, all the sex, all the stuff, and if someone said, Stephen, was that good for you? I'd say, no, it wasn't. And if someone said, Stephen, was that good for anyone else? I'd say, no, it wasn't. It's just a sham. 
That's all it is. And, and, and the world is working overtime to make it appropriate to excuse our addictions and our flesh. And, and again, I'm not even out here saying that the world is intentionally engaging in all of this stuff. Honestly, I found myself, there wasn't like a moment, I'm just telling you from experience, and, and if I'm wrong, Lord, correct me, but like, I kind of found myself just wrapped up in this terrible pursuit trying to find satisfaction in ways and places that could not satisfy. And that's what's going on. Don't just look at sin and see like, moral bad. Look at sin and see hurt. People are yearning. And in that yearning, we act wild outside of Jesus. And we look in all sorts of wild ways. But that doesn't mean we throw out the baby with the bathwater. I don't like that phrase. You know? (laughs) Sorry if that caught you off, you know? Caught me off. I said it. I was like, baby with the bathwater. You know, But just because people get weird with things, one, it doesn't mean everybody's trying to be a weirdo. It doesn't mean everybody's trying to be bad. And also, don't let the enemy permanently stain something that is truly wonderful and beautiful. It really is. It really actually is. He does. He's not a creator. He's a perverter. You know? He doesn't create. Satan's not out here creating. He's perverting. That's what he does. He just takes things that are meant for good and he works them against us. That's what goes on. And again, good news. Give it to God. Hey! You know what I'm saying? It's like really that simple, guys. It's really actually that simple. I want to tell you, God has set me free from some deep-rooted addictions and mental patterns. Like, like I mean it. Uh, all that porn, man, that had an impact on me. This, honestly, I'm just being real with you. Um, it has an impact on your body. You know what's interesting? In preparation for this, I actually looked up whether or not, like, what the world thought about the connections between um, pornography and, like, sexual intimacy with your partner, and it's pretty much, what is it, not anonymous, um, unanimous. It's pretty much a unanimous thing saying, hey, regularly consuming pornography has a negative impact on your intimacy with the real-life person that you're with. What? How satanic does that sound? We're out here watching videos and we got the real thing? And we're enjoying the videos more? Like, that to me sounds like a trap. That to me sounds like isolation. That to me sounds like, yo, the devil would love for you to die alone in front of a computer. He would. He would. He would love that. God's got better things for you, man. God's got better things for you. He wants you in real, healthy, awesome relationships. And sex with your your husband or wife... That's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. If the enemy can keep us hiding in shame, it prevents us from opening our hearts to God. If, if these things are 
things that you're like, I can't talk about it. It's too close. And again, like, listen, I get it, man. People get hurt. Stuff hurts. And stuff is just like, I think we make such a big deal out of these things. And honestly, again, the silence kind of adds to that. Like the fact that porn is like this like word that everybody knows. It's like, it's, I know Harry Potter's a bad word in Christian circles, but there's this character, you can't say his name, it's Voldemort, you know? And it's like, if you say his name, there's like, oh, you said Voldemort, you know? It's like, honestly, things, things in regards to sex and some of even the perversions, they're like these words that are so scary to say or talk about, and it makes people scared to talk about them and to be real and to be open. Now, be wise, but also don't hide. I want to, this is an open invitation. Like, if, 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 this, if this is something you're dealing with and, and you do feel a lot of shame and stuff, like, again, my hope is honestly that you walk away from here today encouraged and refreshed. Not that you walk out of here weighed down. I love, um, let's pull up 2 Corinthians 7.10. It says this. For the sorrow that is according to the will of God produces a repentance without regret leading to salvation, but the sorrow of the world produces death. I don't want the sorrow of the world producing death in our lives. I don't want us wrapped up in regret. I wish I would. You can't change the past. It's done. The past is the past, baby. It's over. Okay? And guess what? God can do wonderful things with whatever has transpired. He can work it all together for good. Again, I promise you, I've just seen him do it in my life. But I love that if we feel like we're being called to repent in something, like, okay, I've been doing it this way, and you know what? God's just helping me turn around. I love that it's a repentance without regret. And the sorrow of the world is just beating you up. I'm such a failure. That's the sorrow of the world. Shoulda, coulda, woulda, but I did it, so I'm not a, you know? It's all the sorrow of the world. It's just nasty. So draw in. Let him draw you in to life and love. Um... Even as a Christian, sexual trauma can find its way into your relationships. Um, And I say this, I'm being this vulnerable and this transparent because I want people to be helped. But I, so, so, so when I was a kid, um, some things happened to me that were really hard. And honestly, I'm so grateful because God has healed my heart. He's healed even the way that like, I look at anybody who's a part of it. You know? So where like, I seriously do not hold any malice at all. It's so beautiful. But until I would say maybe two years ago, my wife and I could not kiss if I was not in control. It was weird. Like, if she was coming in for a kiss, I couldn't. I couldn't. Um, I couldn't even be in the shower 
and have water hit my face. But I want to tell you, if you let the Holy Spirit reveal himself to you, he can heal you. And Kara loves a kiss in me now. I'm just saying, man. She didn't go wild, you know? And I'm not like, seriously, though. But that's what I was, it was like, I had to like, I was being invaded, you know? And for anybody who's been invaded, I know you know what I'm talking about. But you don't, you don't have to spend the rest of your life there feeling invaded. And I just want to set some people free, too. Like, listen, this was two years ago. This was two years ago. I've been born again for a minute. You know what I'm saying? I've been following God, doing my best for a while now. But stuff still has an impact. I mean, you know, God, God's so faithful and so good. And we are all on a journey, man. And I'm just so grateful that he set me free. He set me free. He, he has set you free. Let him walk you out of the cage into that freedom. Let him heal your trauma. Let him, let him transform what would have normally triggered you into despair. Let him transform that is something that triggers you into like just like a laugh of how good he is. It's just like God's so good at just making a mockery of the enemy. You know? He's so good at it. I love it. But you got to let him in. You got to take off that do not disturb sign. I mean it. I mean it. It's a gift. Ephesians 5, 1 through 3. Now listen, I want to be real with you. Um, the New Testament especially has a lot to say about sex, and a lot of it is in a very corrective lens. Um, but that's also because, like, they were just getting buck wild, okay? Um, and honestly, I mean, come on, the world is getting buck wild in this day and age too. So when we read these corrective things, you know, it kind of, I don't want you to think that just because a lot of it is in the tone of correction, that means that the thing is bad. Okay, it just means that people were acting all sorts of wild and therefore it's kind of coming from this place of like, hey, stay out of sexual immorality. Hey, don't do these things. Why? Because people were doing these things. Okay, and because they wanted to preserve what is good and holy and beautiful and good for us. It says this in Ephesians 5, 1 through 3. Therefore, be imitators of God. As beloved children, and walk in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. But sexual immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be mentioned among you, as is proper among saints. Can y'all say saints? saints? Now listen, saints is a term used for every born-again believer in Christ. Okay, I don't know what you heard someone else say, but, but so far as I'm concerned, like you're St. Robin, you know what I mean? Like, 
St. Paul, Saint, we're, all, we're all saints. St. Paul, yeah. Hey, there you go, you know? But like we're all, we're all saints because we've, we've been saved and sanctified and made righteous in Christ, okay? Now the reason I tell you that is because some Christians think that it's only the really goody two-shoes Christians that actually live with the realm of sex given over to God and his lordship. Um, that's not how it is. This is for everybody. All, all of us in this room, if you've given your life to Jesus, you're a saint. And if you've made him Lord, that includes lordship over your body and what we do with these things. But I do find it funny that it says walk in love, and then it talks about what the, the antithesis of walking in love would be. You know, and, and one of those things that it mentions is sexual immorality. Can y'all say sexual immorality? Again, sex is not a thing to be cubbied off from God's influence. It's a gift from him. He designed it, and he knows its prime function. Sex can be more than just sexy. It can be lovely. Did you hear me? There's this weird place where people go where it's like... um. Ooh, you know? And there's a healthy kind of ooh, you know what I mean? There's like a good thing. Not all desire is lust. Honestly, I, some people need to hear that, man. I remember I was, um, it's long enough since then and nobody knows them. Um, but I remember I was counseling a young couple. And, and they came up to me and they were, so they were like on the track to get married. Okay, like they were, they were getting there, man. I think they were even engaged. And, um. They came and talked to me, and they were just really, really upset with themselves. And I was like, what's going on, you guys? And they're like, you know, we just feel like we're just like caught in sin. Um, we've really had a desire to have sex. And I was just like, if you didn't, there might be an issue. It's not that the desire is inherently a bad thing. Again, there's a time and a place, and a person. <laughs> and all it is, is, is waiting, again, to do things God's way. Right? That's all we're talking about. But I just want to encourage you, because some people think, oh, I'm in lust. Well, I mean, you could be, you know? But if you're just, like, in a relationship with somebody, and you're going to get married, and you're like, yeah, I, I could see that. Mm-hmm. You know? It's probably a good thing. If you look at him and you're like, ha, oh, no. <laughs> Listen, God can do miracles, and I'm not saying anything's impossible, but all I'm saying is, like, not all desire is lust, okay? And, and, and we have, like, this, like, a, a built-in thing, you know, that is good and healthy. But, again, it's meant to be preserved, and it's meant to be kept holy. Amen? <laughs> So sex is a powerful, wonderful thing. In the right context, y'all listening? In the right context, it is an opportunity to walk in love. Sex can deepen a connection between a husband and wife in, in a way that other things can't. It's, it's a beautiful thing. It symbolizes our connection to God. Did you know that? Throughout Scripture, there's multiple references that revolve around like sexual knowing 
And that same word, know, is to know your spouse in sexual intimacy, is often utilized for how we know our God. Isn't that interesting? So I'm just saying, it's, it's a symbol. It's, it's an image of the depth of intimacy that we get to have with our God. It enables ministry that is mutually enjoyable. Can y'all say mutually enjoyable? And it has the capacity to expand our families with amazing children. That part, I have never been so grateful for as I am now. It breaks my heart. that we can believe that children would be like a, a curse on our lives. That breaks my heart. Children are a blessing from the Lord. And in any context, I genuinely believe that God can work all things together for good. I believe that. You see, when people talk about the things, you guys, in like political terms, it just gets rid of the point of everything. You know what I mean? It's just like moral, righteous indignation. I am right about this. I think God's heart breaks when we turn these things that matter into cliches and blanket statements that we use to abuse. God cares about people. And, and the truth of it is, is that sex can make children. And I'm telling you this from somebody who used to be terrified at the idea of having a child. It can be a blessing. It can be a tremendous blessing, man. So I just I don't want to skim over that and say, sex is, it feels good, amen, amen, cool. It ain't dirty, it's good, yeah, amen, amen. It can also create human life. Oh, what a responsibility. What a profound thing. What a gift. 1 Corinthians 7, 2-4. Hey, listen, I hope y'all are okay with us spending a little bit of time. I know that we're running late, but honestly, we, we just had to do what God had to have us do. You know? Um, so I don't, but I also don't want to like skim through this message and shortchange what I, what I genuinely feel like God's calling us to talk about, okay? Um, this is in the message. It says this, sexual drives are strong, but marriage is strong enough to contain them and provide for a balanced and fulfilling sexual life in a world of sexual disorder. Y'all ready to read? The marriage bed must be a place of mutuality. The husband seeking to satisfy his wife and the wife seeking to satisfy her husband. Marriage is not a place to stand up for your rights. Marriage is a decision to serve the other, whether in bed or out. Now, I want to be clear that stand up for your rights thing. The first time I read that, honestly, it read as a little like rapey to me. Um, I, I want to tell you that's not what the point is. What I'm, I think what, what, is it Peterson? 
Yeah, I think what Peterson is trying to communicate, that it's not like, serve me. My right is to be served. I think what he's getting at is it, you have to read it in context. It's about us giving ourselves to one another. And how many, you know, like, <laughs> if y'all are both trying to outserve each other, it's going to be a good night. Or day, I don't care. God never says anything about that. You know what I mean? You could take a little nap. You know what I mean? Come on, church. Like, like listen, if y'all got, got the time and y'all got the, the mm, go for it. You know, you don't have to reserve it for nighttime, you know? And all the people that work night shifts said, Amen. That's right. <laughs> God's got you. But sex is not some dirty thing that we get to do when we are married. Sex is a gift designed for marriage that is amazing. We already talked about the clitoris. Just a reminder. Pleasure button. God gave you it. Woohoo! Um... So wait to open the gift. This is kind of for, this, this little section here is for people who, um, you're not married yet, okay? Um, now, how many of y'all think I would be a generous father if I got true, my son, like a classic car, real nice classic car, and I said, son, when you turn six, I know nothing about cars, so I don't have an example to give you. Whatever you think a nice, wonderful classic car is, take that, okay? And I said, son, listen, when you're old enough and you get your license and you've learned how to drive and you have your license so you can legally do so, this car is yours, man. It's going to be great. How many of you think I'm a generous daddy for doing that? Yeah. Come on. How many of y'all think I'd be a generous daddy for doing that? Cool, because I didn't do it. Okay. So anyways, um, <laughs> I would like to, you know. Now, let's say True is like seven years old, Okay. Um, he goes to the garage. Um, let's pretend I have a two-car garage. The car's parked in there. Um, he goes into the garage, and he takes that thing for a little joyride. What's going to happen? I think, I think some people might get hurt. <laughs> I think he might get hurt. I think that his perspective on cars might get hurt. I think he might be afraid of driving for a while. Um, man, he'd be, <laughs> I, I, let's, I guess what I'm saying is, is some of us be driving on the sidewalk and through the yard and hitting signs and hitting people and going, why is this so difficult? Shouldn't, shouldn't have to be like this. All I'm saying is you jump in the gun, man. It ain't time to drive the car yet. You can want to drive the car. You can look forward to getting your license. It's a beautiful thing. It's going to be great. But if you don't know what you're doing, and within, if we're talking about godliness, if, if it's not like in his grace, it's going to be brutal. Um, and I'm not saying that it won't feel good. Hear me clearly. I've had lots of sex. Lots of it's felt good. But the, I'm saying, how many of you know actions have fruit? You know, um, the things that you do, it's not just about how they make you feel in the moment. It's about, like, the effect these things have on our lives, 
you know? And that's what I'm saying, is I mean it. I, I genuinely believe. I don't think I ministered to anyone via having sex outside of my wife. Now, I made some people feel good, but not in the long term. My heart was tied to people in ways that it just was not prepared to be tied for or tied to. I mean, man, I had some brutal breakups and just like I felt, I feel like people feel like they're getting divorces when they're breaking up because in a way they kind of are. You know what I mean? There's like a depth of these things that's just like it's, it's so real and so deep and it's, and it's supposed to be connections that we make within the covenant of marriage. There's a joining there that you like agree to. You decide the rest of your lives are joined and, and, and we're treating this thing like it's just like a, yeah, flippant. We, we treat it flippantly. Like it doesn't, doesn't really matter. And that's just not the truth. And, and, and what's unfortunate is then enough of that happens or, or enough lying about it happens to where eventually it really does just lose its potential for connection even. And it just becomes this empty thing that you're trying to use. And it won't satisfy. Again, I'm just telling you this from firsthand experience, okay? I'm not up here trying to convince you of whatever. I'm just telling you, like, I've been there. I've done that and learned from my hard knocks, okay? That's how I went to school, school of hard knocks. You don't need to get punched in the face to know, hey, it hurts to get punched in the face. I can just tell you that. Hey, it hurts to get punched in the face. You're like, I want to learn the hard way, okay? <laughs> whatever. It's kind of strange, you know? The other thing is wait for the other name on the tag, man. Um, you know, the, the gift of sex on that tag, it's got two names, you know? Um, and, and it's addressed to you and to another person. And I would just encourage you, open that gift together, okay? Open that gift together and wait to open that gift together. Um, again, if you haven't, God is so good. He does not look at you any less than or any differently than he looks at anyone else in this room. Did you hear me? I mean that. He loves you just as much as he loves the person who did everything right. Or did everything right. There is a right way of doing things. But I'm, I, I mean it. We have to kind of like work overtime here to say, don't, please do not let the devil twist what I'm saying and beat you up. Because again, I've been there. <laughs> Guys, you have to keep reminding yourself, yep, Stephen's talking from experience, okay? And I know how good he is, and I know what good sex can be. And so I'm here to say like, hey, just like, don't waste your time, waste your energy, waste your heart, and dishonor this beautiful gift we've been given. So wait for the other name on the tag. Well, I have to try it out first. No, you don't. Trust God. We need to take it for a spin before I buy it. These are, honestly, these are things that I kind of hear people talking about. It's like, well, how do you know? How do you know you're sexually compatible? You know? It's like, listen, listen. Uh, I think that in incompatibility oftentimes is a byproduct of not learning together. Real talk. 
You know what I'm saying? I have this way of doing it, and they have this way of doing it, and now we're trying to like mesh those things instead of just like, yo, let's learn together. And then it's kind of fun. You know what I mean? Think about that. Like I think about that, I'm just like, man, you know, because, because we're all different. Do you know that? We're all different. And, and, and I just want to encourage you, you don't have to become sexually experienced before you get married so that you know what you're doing. I do think we should know what does what, how it feels, some pro tips from parents who are teaching their kids in holiness, yeah? But also, it's not, we don't have to have it all figured out. You can grow in sex. You can grow in your capacity, and there shouldn't be shame in that either. Some people are like, I just, I can't afford, and that makes me feel insufficient. I can't, I don't measure up. It's like, yeah, whatever all that insecurity is, just get rid of it and say, hey, let's grow in this thing. And let's move forward together so that we can minister and satisfy our wives and our husbands. You know what I mean? Mutually minister. I don't, <laughs> I don't beat myself up for not being able to minister as well as I wish I could. I just go, God, help me. Help me be a good minister. Help me be a good minister. I want to quickly talk about um, just the pit of pornography. Um, <sighs> porn. Um, how many of you know the, the Greek word for sexual immorality is porneia? Did you know that? And all it means is any, any sexual activity outside of husband and wife in the covenant of marriage. That's all that that word actually means, you know. Um, but it is, it is kind of showing that its name is porn, you know. Um, I think that we've bought a lie that porn isn't harmful, you know. What does it really hurt? It's just me and a screen, you know? Um, there's a lot more going on than that, you know? And again, listen, hear me clearly. Maybe, you've been, maybe you watched porn last night. God loves you. He's not looking at you as a failure, but he's saying, I've got something better, okay? I've got something better. He's not looking at you like, ugh. He's like, hey, come on, come on. I'm just going to kind of fly through these things. I wrote these things down, um, and we are running late. So porn takes a beautiful act of self-sacrificial love and turns it into an isolated, self-centered transaction. I'm going to say that again. Porn takes a beautiful act of self-sacrificial love and turns it into an isolated, self-centered transaction. Porn is like a drug. It's quick fix. It's what it is. No self-sacrificial effort, and you need more and more and more. There's a reason why it gets so depraved. Because it just, it cannot fulfill you, so it just has to keep getting darker and darker and darker and darker and darker. And so you just keep finding yourself going down these weird paths of crazy, like literally crazy fetishes. And then people are like, whoa, you know? But I, th I think people get there be because they're just searching for life. 
in the wrong place. There is no life there. There is no life there. Okay, I'm here to just sell the devil out on that one. There is no life there. There there is hurt, there is pain. God wants you whole, and he wants you free. And he doesn't want you, again, um, uh, forgive me if this is vulgar, he doesn't want you slutting out your, your body to a screen. When whether married or not, there's something, it's just God, God. He has beauty for you. Um, I was watching porn by the time I was nine or 10. Uh, And this was back before phones had all the things on them. Um, This is why I think it's important for us to actually talk to our kids about this stuff. Um, there was a video rental store in my neighborhood. It was called Video Biz. It's not there anymore. It's where PC Doctor used to, or where PC Doctor is. It used to be a rental store there. And um, I don't know if y'all know this. This is so the young blood. They used to have these places you would go, where you had to go and rent the movies. Okay. Um, now they got now they got streaming and all that stuff. You know, but you used to have to physically go to a place and get a VHS or a DVD. And uh, they had these rooms, you know, they were the, the porn rooms, you know, where you would go and it was hidden. And, and what was interesting about these rental places is they would keep the case of like some of the rentals, but then they would dispose of the covers of these movies. And they didn't do such a good job at disposing of them in a way that maybe they should have because they put all of those porn covers in the recycling outside the front of their business. And here I am, just young blood, you know? We're just boys living our lives. I mean, we're kind of wild, you know? And then we stumble upon this stuff, and it's just like, whoa, what is this, you know? And it, and it, and it set me on a trajectory that I, I wish I didn't go down. Um, then LimeWire, anybody who was a kid around my age, LimeWire was released. It was like the first Napster thing. You could download things, you know? And there was no watching over of all of this stuff. So you could download. It took like four days to download like a five-minute, not even, probably like a, like a three-minute clip. It's super pixelated, you know? But still, like... These are the things that when I was young, I was kind of drawn into and actually participating in. And I just, I'm here to tell you again that it kind of messes with your programming a little bit. It, it does. It, it messes with your ability to engage with the real life person that God has for you. And I just don't want you in that trap. And I also don't want you um, believing that the way that things are done and all of that. Now, I'm not saying that all of the things that are, I mean, I don't think that it's in the right context, period. But I'm saying I think we learn a lot of things in porn that are um, very abusive. That, that we should not be carrying into our marriages. That we should not be carrying into our view of sex and ministry to our partner. And so again, I'm just saying, we're being taught something all of the time. Who do you want your teacher to be? 
Do you want it to be God, the designer? Or do you want it to be (laughs) whatever the rest of the hot mess is? I'd prefer God's design. Yeah, Psychology Today said this. In many males, heavy porn use leads to sexual dysfunction with their in-flesh partners. Healthline said this. Experts do say, however, that watching pornography can influence sexual appetite. This may make it difficult to achieve an erection and have an orgasm with a sexual partner. Now listen, erectile dysfunction is not always a byproduct of porn. So wives, if your husband is having a hard time, or if he's suffering, he can't get an erection, it doesn't mean, you've been watching porn. You know, I'm not saying to go porn hunting, you know. But I am saying that we become less sensitive if we're oversensitized, okay? And just to check that, you know, and to not bite that bait and be deceived. Uh, here's some good news. Proverbs 5, 15 through 20. Y'all ready to read? Drink water from your own cistern and fresh water from your own well. Should your springs overflow into the street? Streams of water in the public squares? Let them be yours alone and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth like a loving doe and a graceful mountain goat. Let her breasts satisfy you at all times. Be exhilarated always with her love. For why should you, my son, be exhilarated with an adulteress and embrace the breasts of a foreigner? I think it's good news that my wife's breasts can satisfy me for the rest of my life. I'm just saying, we don't need other breasts. Her breasts are good enough for me, man. Like, I'm just saying, like, like, and I can be exhilarated always in her love. So it's like, I feel like we buy this lie that it's like, well, someone, oh, well, we're just getting old. We need a spice thing. No, you can always be exhilarated in her love. God can continue to to keep things fresh. Amen? Last thing I'll say, and this just kind of comes down to lordship. Skipping some stuff, but we need to. Um, 1 Corinthians 6, 18 through 20. Finally, flee sexual immorality. Every other sin that a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? Whoa, we're not, hold on. That you are not your own. Y'all ready to read? For you have been bought for a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Freedom is not the ability to do whatever you want. It is the byproduct of choosing what he wants. I'm going to say that again. Freedom is not the ability to do whatever you want. It is the byproduct of choosing what he wants. Some people have this idea like it's an empowered statement or we're being free when we say, my body, I'm going to do what I want with it. Sounds like a loud toddler. 
Like, like this says that, that you are not your own. You've been bought with a price. So, like, let's, let's acknowledge that we're, we're not our own. You know? We are the Lord's. And, and if God designed us and knows how these things all work out, then let's trust him. Amen? So be free. But be free in his guidance. Empowerment is not, the, is not having the strength to do anything. It is the strength to do his thing. So I just want to encourage you, when, when you recognize God as our designer, things start to make sense out of all of this. He's not out to control you at your expense. I, it drives me nuts when we talk about sin and it's like, well, he's just trying to poop on my party. No, he's not. He's trying to show you what the real party looks like. He's trying to show you what goodness looks like, church. And I'm just saying, I believe that in the church, there is great opportunity for us to be lights in the earth. I think the church should have the best sex in the world. And I think that we shouldn't be afraid of saying so. And not some like condemning like, but, but, but it's almost like the world thinks we're like, oh, sex. No, we're like, sex is a beautiful thing. It's good. It's not. So anyways, Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for holding us all in your arms. I thank you, Lord, that um, you continue just to show us what healthy, good, mutually beneficial, ministry-working sex looks like. I thank you that you lead us and guide us in sex with our spouse. And God, if any of us are wrapped up in stuff that, um, that is hurting us, Lord, we just, we just seek you right now. And we don't give in to all the shame and the condemnation. We just seek you and we invite you, invite you in so that we can enter into a repentance without regret that brings salvation. We thank you, Lord, for blessing our sexuality. All parts of our being. And I just thank you, Holy Spirit, for speaking the language of every person here. That you know how to show each of us what we need to see. I just want to lead us quickly in a prayer. You know, we've been talking about lordship and um, our body is not our own. Listen, um, making Jesus your Lord and Savior, again, is just recognizing him as our designer, him as creator, and ourselves as creation that need him. And, and we cannot save ourselves. We cannot be satisfied outside of him and the wonderful work he accomplished on the cross that we could be in relationship with him. So I just want to tell you that today you can enter into relationship with him and you can make him the Lord of your life, including sexuality, and you can see his blessing move into all these things. You can enter into relationship with him that starts today. Can you say today? And goes on forever. Isn't that good news? So let's all just pray this together. Can you say, Father God, I thank you for your great love for me. I admit 
I cannot be God of my own life. I need leading and I need saving. I receive the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross for me and I call Him my Lord and my Savior. Holy Spirit, come live in me and be real to me. Show me the freedom that I've received and the relationship that I get to live in. In Jesus' name. Can y'all say amen? amen? Come on, let's just give God a round of applause. And anybody that prayed that, come on. God bless you. And welcome to the family if that is you.